elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 412. My name is J.M. Clark, I am your host, and as always, it is so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies here tuning in with us on this week's show, An Old Friend Returns. That's right. We feature a conversation with Mr. Keith Gratchow. Keith has a brand new book out with Robert Ivaniuk, also a good friend. We're going to get him on soon and get his side of this story, but they both have a beautiful new book out. It's called Checkmate Blues. It's very cool. It's very different. It's very unique. It's very interesting, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I can't wait for you all to get your hands on Checkmate Blues, and you definitely should. Uh, We talk about a lot of cool stuff, not just that book, but Keith's recent trip to Africa. So how's that? A conversation about some African tripping going on uh, over there, and he had a fantastic time. Uh, So yeah, there you go, kids. This week... Our good friend returns, Mr. Keith Gratchow. Please enjoy. The weirdness of this situation is this. We're here in whatever this studio is. It is as of yet unnamed because it is my brand new studio that as if you've heard the last few episodes, you know, we moved into. So it's very exciting, kids, to be here. But it's also very exciting to be here live with our good friend, Keith. Keith is someone whose name (laughs) I pronounce apparently differently every time I say it. So you can rate to yourself whether I say it properly or improperly this time. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Keith Grishow. That's okay, man. Not still not Grishow, Grishow, Grishow. This doesn't make sense to me. You say your name right now. Keith Grachow. Grachow. So I'm just putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Yeah, pretty. That could have been easier to explain to me. I feel like the situation (laughs) is like uh, the the Friends episode where Joey Tribbiani thinks he's speaking French, and it just isn't coming out French. But he hears French, and he's like, I'm not getting it. I, I'm speaking French and it that's kind of how I feel like it, every time you, you've said my last name and I've corrected you and, and then and you're like, yeah, it's, it's Grachow, right? I'm like, sure. <laughs> see, no, see, the, the hard part of this, Keith, is that I'm someone who's good with language. Yeah. I'm someone who's a speaker. I'm someone who's good with dialect. I understand names well. I've been having to approach it, several different names every day for 20 years and just go off the cuff of how they should be pronounced. But I can't put the emphasis on the graph for some reason, and I don't know why. But I think it really troubles you more than it troubles I don't, me. It troubles me tremendously <laughs> because, well, you know, you know, people's names are very important monikers for them, right? That's how people are known and get their stuff out there. It's, yeah. it's weird because, like... I, Often online, you'll see that, uh, you know, everyone calls me Jay. You know, this is Jay, Jay the Jedi Ross, Ross Jedi mm-hmm. Jay. But uh, I, I often put most things online by J.M. Clark. Yeah. And my name is Jason Michael Clark. Yeah. And I go by J.M. because it's old Scottish tradition. It's an old gentlemanly thing to do to use your initials, J.M. Barry, you know, J.M. Schneider. J- there was lots of J.M.s who were Scottish and great. And I thought it was cool and I liked the sound of it. So I was like, J.M. Clark. 
I, I like that. So that's what I'll put out there because that way people can still call me Jay. Yeah. And it's easy enough. And now it's weird because for the first time in my life, people have actually started calling me JM. And I've never heard it before. So when I hear it, it kind of clicks weird, but I like it. Yeah. I, I really like it. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I've actually literally kind of somehow influenced that kind of deal. Well, no, but talking about, you, here's the thing. You're, you're actually right about getting somebody's last name correct, especially if, if they've told you what it is. You know, we, we yeah. I, I, I've thought about it a bit more and, and not just coming from you, but just in general when people don't say your last name correctly and you correct them and, you know, whatever. It's just it's hard for them to, to hear it for some reason. And so, um, I, you know, it is it does come from um, um, a place where, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of more embracing my Jewish heritage I guess I'm not very, okay. I'm not very right. religious, yeah. but it does come. It is, I am Jewish. And, and so, yeah. you know, like, I, I guess I want to honor where I came from and make sure that, that, you know, uh, my name is, is my last name is pronounced Gratchow. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, there is some importance to, um, somebody's last name and, and getting it right. And, and especially if, if it's not malicious, it's not a big deal. But so I, 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 if you get it wrong again, I'm not going to hold it against you. I know you're trying. It's more of, sometimes a, bit of, bit of it's, a fun game. Well, that's the weird part is, too, that like it is just the emphasis thing. And I think I keep thinking about how – am I saying the, the chow wrong part? Am I saying – I keep thinking about whether it's chow or shao, and I should be thinking about the fact that it's gra, not gra. Do you know what I mean? And I'm thinking on the wrong end of such a simple little word. But a big example that has happened this year – is Jason Lowe. Yep. Uh, our friend Jason, yep. who, you know, his career has advanced greatly in the past few years, especially with the Eisner Award, uh, with with Afterlift and doing all his Marvel Star Wars work. Mm. And, you know, he told me, he said his mother said to him, like, you know, you're getting bigger and, like, you know, be proud of your name. Be proud of who you are and where you came from. And he, he agreed with her. So that's why it's Jason Lowe. Um, but it's spelt L-O-O. Yeah. And we've been calling him Jason Liu for fucking 10 years. Yeah. And he just went along with it because it's yep. so spelled that way. It's so just obviously heard that way in our Anglo-Saxon fucking heads. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've been very proud of the community to see them pick up on it. And yeah. ever since he, you know, the beginning of this year, kind of the summer, maybe when he started, you know, making a point to correct people. Uh, yeah, he's been yeah. We, we had the. Actually, back in at the limited edition last October, we right. talked about it. Yeah, like we were. Yeah, we were it was that's when it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I feel like maybe Mama had got to him freshly yeah. before that. It'd been like Jason. Well, it's it's you know it, it especially with I mean COVID and people you know hating on Asians and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's important to now really not let people get away with just ignorance and especially if it's. If it's if somebody's trying, fine. But it, when there's maliciousness behind it, yeah. and so it is important to, you know, get somebody's last name correct uh, when when they're telling you, "Hey, yeah. man, listen to what I'm saying. This is important. This isn't just my name. It, it, there's there's history. There's ancestors connected to it. And yeah, so yeah, for sure that that is important um, for that person and for for where they came from and the people that are part of that tradition. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. I get it. It's it's and then there's the unfair 
lucky ones whose names should be difficult to pronounce, yet everybody gets right. Like Anthony Rutgazer. Yeah. For some reason, everyone sees that, and Rutgazer makes sense in their head, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, you just got back from Africa. Yep. Which you were telling me a little bit about. Yep. And I saw your awesome sketches online. And you know what your sketches reminded me of? Was turn-of-the-century adventurer explorers. Like when you see illustrations and drawings by people who were, you know, turn of the century back, maybe late 1800s or whatever, taking trips through Africa. And they had Mm. to draw this stuff and they were drawing this stuff for the purpose of showing people. Yeah. Right. Like pre-photography, people would sketch this shit out. Yeah. And that's what I loved about seeing your sketches is it kind of had that feel because you do have that kind of, you know, especially when you're just doing your sketchy work. It's a very loose, you know, nice kind of. Uh, feel that made me realize that you've kind of got that old school. Like I could see you back in the day being an illustrator for like children's books, like the jungle book yeah, or things like that as well, you know? And yeah, that's, that's the, the feeling it triggered in me. Yeah. Well, my, my editor uh, for uh, I'm I'm part of scout with uh, a book uh, that I'm working on with uh, Mark Bertolini, but my editor, Andrea, um, he was saying like, are you doing a children's book with this stuff? Cause you gotta like, oh, yeah. and I was telling him the story of, uh, when we were there, uh, some of the people that were on our trip, you know, they knew I was an illustrator and right. we were just kind of coming up with like, what, what, what could be some like really fun children's books to do with, with some of the, some of these animals. And there's this interesting, uh, they're called, uh, dictics. They're like little deer they look like baby deer. Okay. Like if I think you were, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, if you yeah. were to see them, you'd go like, oh, these are little baby deer. Where's the mama? But they're <laughs> actually full of grown. And the story behind the dictics is that they mate for life. Really? And if one of them dies, the other will just put itself in front of like a lion and go, kill me. No. Yeah, it'll commit suicide. What? And so we were going, really? we're going, what if we told a story about like a, like a Romeo and Juliet version of the dick dick? Like one of them thinks that the other one died, but really was just right. captured. And then I don't know if that's it, a children's story. It probably would be more adult children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drawn in a children's style. Adult uh, fairy tale, yeah, perhaps? Yeah. But anyway, it was kind of, uh, so I was telling my, my editor, I was like, so maybe I can bring something like that to uh like a children's book (laughs) that'd be cool that'd be cool but you just have that uh that free flowing swooshy style to your sketching that makes it very fun you know it makes you it's when you look at your sketches it makes you try to picture what you're seeing in in real life you know so are you sketching that as you're because because you you went on a tour you were explaining this to me earlier um, but basically it's, you know, you go to Africa and you go on a tour and it's a company that sets everything up and you're in this cool like Range Rover vehicle driving along. When are you doing the sketching? Is it from things you saw that day? Are you sketching it as you see it? Like, it's, uh, it, so, uh, yeah, the Land Rover, it's this, uh, suburban vehicle, like 10 people can be in it. And we were allowed to stand on the seats cause the, the roof lifts up. So you actually have open air above you. And I would have my sketchbook with like watercolor markers in one hand. I'd have my hand, like my phone with it, the, like a tripod at the end of, uh, end of it. 
um, and I would be jumping from one seat to the other, spotting animals. And uh, basically, um, you would you would uh, you know shout out uh, to have them stop in Swahili, and then they would stop, and then I would really quickly like take a photo of the dick dick. I would take a video of the dick dick. I wouldn't take too many photos because my wife's a photographer. So I would rely on her to take right. a much better photo than I did. And then I would start drawing really quickly. And so, and this would all happen within 30 seconds. So it's just like spot the animal. Then you would take the video, take the photo and I would start drawing. And then okay, and I would awesome. jump onto the other seat. And so that's what I was doing. Uh, and then I would go back later um, when we got back and I would go, I just would use a watercolor brush, like a 20% watercolor brush. So it was pretty light. And then I'd go back in and finish it. I would use some of the photo reference that I, I had taken earlier. Right, and, right. And do something a bit more finished. Um, but some some of them I left as is. Like I, I, wish, I really yeah. wanted to bring the, I was going to bring it. I totally forgot uh, the sketchbook. But there's some like uh, some of the lions that um, we were able to just they were just oblivious to us being there. Like we would be like five feet away from a lion that would just be like lying there as if they couldn't care less. Right. You know, it, it was just right. it was it, yeah. we were there and there'd be like 10, you know, vehicles around it t snapping photos and it would just, you know, have not a care in the world. <laughs> and so we would be there for a good 10 minutes and I got some really good. Uh, quick gestures of lions that I wouldn't touch. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go and finish. It's a great them. exercise. People should almost try it here with like common birds or animals because there's a excitement to the flurriness of throwing that sketch down. Yeah, do you know what I mean? There's a feeling of motion almost to it because you can tell that you're just in that moment, just drawing what you feel, what you're seeing so instinctively. You know, I love that kind of stuff. The, the bane of a artist is that they will draw something like a gesture of something, an idea they have, and there's that energy in it. There's something beautiful. It's not anatomically correct. It, it, right. Right. You know, yeah. it, it, you can tell that it's not a finished illustration, but there's an energy to it. And then inevitably you will um, finish it and lose some of that. And that is the bane of every artist is that they just like, you know, what, where's that point where they get too far, where they lose whatever that energy was. I've, I've, I've said sometimes I'm like, well, I, you know, like I wish I had the, the bravery to take some of my thumbnails and just have them printed out into a book, like leave them, right. you know, as raw and unfinished as they are to see how people react because there's a very good chance to go, this is the best stuff you've ever done. And I'm like, those sure. are my thumbnails, man. But, you know, yeah, yeah, and it yeah. took me like a, a couple of days to like do a 26 page, you know, like three or four days to do 26 pages of thumbnails. Right. And I go that that if that was the thing that that got me, uh, you know, got people excited about my work. I mean, that wouldn't be horrible at all. That'd be no, awesome. No. But I, I just don't think I could ever do it. Do you ever have a problem <laughs> knowing when to stop? No, I'm usually pretty good. I feel like good. some people go a little too far. They just don't know when to leave it, you know, when it's it's got the feeling it needs. I'm not I'm not so precious with my work that it's I mean, yes and no. Like I'm not one of those artists that that um and I think most commercial artists have to let go cuz you're on a deadline, you have no choice. 
So right. I think you learn over time to just go, it may not be perfect, but it's the best I could do in the time I had. Um, but I know, I think what actually somebody who's beginning, who doesn't, who doesn't know when to let go, that's when people get in their own way. And right. then they, and then they don't release it because it just isn't perfect. It isn't the way they want it. And it's never, they never finish the illustration or this, the comic book or whatever, because they think that people are going to look at it and go, oh, that's just not good. Right. right. Or they will look at it and go, oh, it's just not good. And I don't want to show anybody. But I think, you know, a lot of commercial artists do know when to. Do you approach things differently ever? Like when you're doing a children's book, do you have a different fun, freer flair about how you're drawing or like compared to say Checkmate Blues or, you know, do you, is it all the same? Do you approach every kind of project with the same mentality? Or no, not at all. No, you do. Well, yeah. I mean, it's actually good, good segue to talk about Checkmate Blues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a, uh, Checkmate Blues is a single one, it's one shot that I um, released with Robert Beniak, and I probably mispronounced his last name, so I'm going to have to get him. He's Robert I know on Facebook. Um, so, uh, but that is different for me because when when I'm doing a single issue, I don't have to worry about like world building in the same way where I would like a continuing story, right? Continuing stories, you have to. Uh, not only that first issue, you have to figure out the whole world, but then each continuing issue, you have to make sure that it's consistent. And so if you are, if certain thing, if you drawn certain things a certain way from the beginning, you can't really change it too much later down the line when you're like going, right, you know, right. oh, well, I, I have this idea for making this character. Why didn't, why didn't I make them uh, much more cartoony looking? If you started off pretty realistic, it's a little bit more difficult to like all of a sudden in issue three, make everything really much cartoonier. I mean, I guess you could, but for me, I want to have the consistency. I'm, I, I figure there's a fan base that have started following the book and I want to make sure that they're, they're getting what they started with. Right. Whereas with something like Checkmate Blues, it's, you know, it's 12 page story that I can essentially um, play with. And make sure that if I have ideas for for certain process, um, that that um, maybe uh, I can just experiment with. Whereas I wouldn't want to do that with uh, ongoing. I can't like just change a process um, in issue two or three. You know, as long as it's I can a little bit, but not as long as it's not too jarring from issue one. I have to maintain right. some kind of consistency. So this allowed. Checkmate Blues allowed for me to, to I had some ideas uh, in regards to like, um, like uh, doing black and white, like right. using uh, gray tones and shit. More, yeah, more. I had I had created this new way of of um, in my. I'm always changing my process a bit, uh, my workflow, I should say, and so I changed it uh, kind of midway with the last issue of Saltwater issue number four. Um, and then uh, I was like, okay, well, I really want to experiment with it uh, in Checkmate Blues to see how far I can go with it to see what it would look like. If it doesn't work, it's only 12 pages and it's a single, right? It, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a failure worth failing, sure, right? Sure. Um, so yeah, I, I get excited when I'm creating something that is, is that I haven't 
It's a new thing. Um, and if it's a, if it's like, I, that's why I like doing anthologies. I like doing, you know, short stories cause I can try something different right. and, and if it doesn't work out, it's not a big deal. This feels like something that you put a lot of yourself into and it feels like you grasped an opportunity to, uh, really dig into yourself because you're a very collaborative artist. Mm. Yeah. You're very collaborative with the team to the point where you make children's books with your mother. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and like, this is very different Checkmate Blues in the way that when you look at the art that you do with your mother, this is maybe what I meant by the question was uh, when you approach things differently, but like, it's obviously your art in your kids' books with your mother, but there's something a little looser and a little more obviously fun and colorful and, you know, uh, fantastical about the art, um, which is something obviously like you, you're very good, I think, at, you know, reading what the project calls for. Like this oh, yeah, is a children's yeah. book with my mother. It's got to look a certain way. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but does it, does it physically feel different when you're actually doing the art? Is it like, are you like physically looser when you're kind of painting a kid's book as to when you're obviously sitting down with Checkmate Blues and like you've put more detail into this than... I've ever seen any of your backgrounds say, or your, you know, your more, you know, the tinier detailed work in the panels. Like this is very full. Checkmate Blues feels like a very artistically full book that you really like, mm. you know, put a lot of something personal into that maybe you haven't too often. I don't know if I'm too far off on that. No, not you aren't. Um, yeah, like I think it's still the the story for sure dictates it tells me what it needs to be. And sometimes I don't have any control over that. I I uh and even within when I'm working with Mitch Cook, we've got we've done different projects besides Saltwater and each one of those I approach differently. Um so yeah, there isn't necessarily like the same mental state with each project that I am into. Um, with Checkmate Blues, um, I did have, I guess because of the patterns of like the, the you know, chessboard, um, there, there's a lot of that kind of stuff I can throw in there. Um, there was some limitations to every project has some certain limitations and this one it was 12 pages and it was going to essentially it wasn't going to be in full color um so that helped me kind of think about like what this could be and how i could how i could achieve um color without the full color right. um and that got me onto um the Genesis, I think you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that I, you know, I mean, every project, I can't say that, that every project stuff like that happens. Although I do always try to put Easter eggs and things like that into everything I draw because it's fun for me. But it um, just feels like this is some of your heavier work. What do you mean by heavy? like, uh, like, like literally like the panels feel really the colors well, and that, the shadows feel heavy and thick and, that's and really process, though. 
Yeah. That may but be more. Is that more... something you consciously did? Did you be like, I really want this book to feel yeah. full, you know? Because it does. It's it's not like 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 uh like even Polybius Dreams and stuff where it's a little more um like trippy, a little more fantastical. Mm. This book is like it's it, I don't know how to I'm trying to put the words to this right. I think I know what you're talking about. So when I was talking about process, one of the things that I did with this book was um, I really laid in in the thumbnails, talking about thumbnails. Mm. I really got those thumbnails. Um, when, you're, when you're working small, um, you really you, – you don't put detail in. It's just basically shapes. And so it was really mm-hmm. white and black. And I was just really thinking about shapes. I was thinking about, okay, what am I – uh, can I see what's happening in, in this panel with the shapes I'm putting in? I'm not putting in a lot of detail. And then that really helped. Because this is a, a noir story, I knew I could lay in some really heavy like heavy shapes. Like right. lot, lots of you know um, blacks are, are in there so that um, it allowed for me when I got to the finished illustration, it was already all there. Um, and... I don't know if I could do that with every story I'm going to do, but I do try now. I think that was one thing that um, it, I'm, I'm going to name drop again because, uh, you know, we, we mentioned Jason Lowe. Uh, Jason and I, he had mentioned, he was like, there's something different you're doing with your art. And I was trying to explain him what it is I was doing, which is I'm putting in, um, I'm basically thinking in terms of almost like sculpting. Okay. Like I'm thinking in terms of like, so I've got negative and positive space, black and white, right. and I'm carving. I, I, I'm not because I work digitally. I have the ability to take a brush, like a just, and it's just basically uh, a, a brush that just lays down completely solid black, and I can just put that in there and then use an eraser really easily and just keep on putting, adding black in, erasing, right a bit put black in a race and it just yeah. it's a sculpting it's digital sculpting in a way sure and and when i'm working really small it doesn't afford me the ability to be nitpicky about it it's just it's talking about being very organic and free-flowing that's right. what it allows me to do and so i've been doing that more recently as i said i started doing that in the middle of saltwater um and i was able to go back to some of the earlier isn't pages. that a little bit of what working with negative space isn't that uh, a little bit of what you did with that picture of me is that what you were starting to kind of play with? Which one? The one? The tree picture. The yes, yes. See, yes. See, Thank um, you. For yeah. those who know, I'm an arborist by day when not podcasting and geeking out by night. And earlier in the year, last winter actually, I had I had set up a really nice picture. This picture was fully set up. Oh, I saw. I saw. Uh, I was on this property, a big nice tree, and I saw the way the sun was coming up and the mist and or like the just the the fog from the cold and stuff. And I was like, this will look cool. So I took this pretty cool fucking picture, that, which then inspired you to draw it. And um, yeah, that's totally what you were starting to work on yes. because there was a certain as much as it was a nature picture which is not outside your realm at all um, of me in the woods. So it was a tree guy and trees with a chainsaw and a tree and shit in the woods. Yet there was almost an art deco retro. It was very graphic. Yes, very graphic. It was very graphic. Very graphic. Yeah, for sure. that's when you were starting to play with this stuff, right? Yeah, Yeah, the pandemic for sure um, kind of made me 
start to play around with, you know, the way I was drawing stuff because, you know, I was like, well, what else am I going to do? So, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, I, I, I wanted to uh, experiment. And one of the things I was trying to do is like go back to I always go back to basics and go, OK, like where can I um, uh, uh, simplify the process and where can I just kind of get out of my own way? And and what I was trying to do is I was trying to take photos. So you take a photo where it's all there already. Right. And you kind of figure out what's there. Like, what is it that's working with it? And your photo, I just, it was very inspiring to me because it's like, you know, it's like this dude sitting in the snow, kind of like you can tell, like he had just had this day and yeah. now he's on this break and there's like freaking chainsaw stuck in the snow. <laughs> yeah. And there's like, yeah. you know, like just this beautiful blue, uh, um, it's cold and, and there's the, the, uh, birch trees that yeah. are just you know there's no leaves or anything it's just something about it. it was just like this very uh um uh, emotional uh graphic type of situation that i'm like i know what i want to do with this it told me what it needed to be and so yeah. i really i just took the 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 simple components of it which are like you know you and the snow and the trees and the sky yeah, and, I, and the chainsaw, and I just made in shapes. And that was my that what you saw yeah. talking about taking a thumbnail. That was my thumbnail. That was essential. Right. I was working larger. I was working eleven by seven digital. It doesn't really matter, but technically Still, it was eleven yeah. by seventeen. That was my first. I, I didn't. I probably did that in like an hour. Right. I probably. I don't think I did any kind of like reworking of it. I just. It was as is, raw. And there was something that resonated about that, but and, it was well, taking it's what you did. What art is is intended to be there as yeah. a tool to do with is you took the feeling out of it because the pictures aren't that similar. Like, yes, I'm sitting. If you look at the actual picture, I'm sitting under the tree in the same position. My chainsaw is mm. leaning against the tree in the same position, and everything's like the you know it's all comprised the same. Uh, you know, it's all the same composition of like shapes, but it's. It's not the same feeling because like you said, it almost seems like a guy who had a hard day and it's cold and this and that. But that was first thing in the morning. I didn't even start working yet. I was fresh. Sun was coming up. I was just feeling cool and saw the sun and took this picture. But if you look at the picture, it's a little different because I'm more – I'm a little more sunned out. Mm. And you can't quite see me super clearly, and the woods are more like detailed and woodsy. But you took the 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 feeling out of just the literally. It's like you took a feeling from the composition of the photo and created this entirely new thing around it mm. that just emanated this such a cool feeling. Anybody who looked at that picture, everybody loved that picture. That that picture got huge views because. It just it 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 emanated this feeling emanated from it, mm. you know, and this feeling of cold. Yet, you know, yeah. I, I there's a there's a okay there's a balance of cold and warmth in that photo. Yeah, in that it's winter and it's cold and there's mist. Yet I've got a sweater on. I've been working. Yeah. I'm smoking a cigarette, and there's this 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 you know nice mix of the cold and warm that isn't anywhere in the original photo. Yeah. Like the original photo is cool, but there's so many little feelings that you can pick out of what you did with it. That's why I love it. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing. So as an artist, I'm taking a photo and I'm getting to choose 
how to manipulate it. Where yes. you're, you're, it's a little bit more difficult for you if unless you you can like manipulate the sun and the way that you're right. you know if like your arm isn't exactly doing what you want it to do you know you you to, you'd have to do that in post in some way right whereas for me I can just look at it and go okay well I want to make sure you know like I'm going to make him a little bit longer I'm going to make him. I'm not going to, we're not going to see his face as much. It's going to be a little less in detail. Like all the things I can do to manipulate it that would, would basically I'm manipulating the viewer in yeah. a way that I want them to feel a certain way. And for me, you know, like, so talking, bringing it full circle back to Checkmate Blues. So I took the idea of this process of just thinking about like simplifying shapes and just really looking at, you know, the negative and positive space and all that kind of stuff. And how can I manipulate the visual uh, in a way that gets the point across much clearer the way I want it to be? Uh, I want the viewer to feel. How can I do that? How can I take something where I'm taking a photo, translating it into illustration? Well, now I'm taking something that's from my imagination and translating it into illustration. Because I'm not using like, it's not like I set up those two men who are at the chessboard, you know, like I found, it's not like I found a photo right, of them. Right, like right. I actually yeah. had to create that. I had, yeah. so for me, the challenge is like, like how do I take what's in my, in my mind's eye and translate it in without using that process? And that's what I've been trying to work that's on. That's the great trick. Yeah. That's the, you just like totally laid out the greatest mystery of art. Okay. Because, that's where the practice and training comes in because I'm a good artist. You've seen yeah, my so art, draw, yeah. right? But I'm a mimic. I can draw what I can see very, very, very well. I can copy a photo. I can copy a picture. I can copy a drawing. I can copy anything very, very well. You ask me to draw something from my mind's eye and I cannot do it. I can yeah. sketch something pretty good. I think actually my, my mind's eye like sketching qualities. But if you were to say like draw Superman... Like, if I was to copy, like, a Grummet Superman, I could, like, almost zero, like, you know, uh, Xerox that shit. Mm. But if I were to have to do it from my memory, it would look like a seven-year-old did it. And that's where the trick is. That's where the being able to translate from what you see in your head onto the paper is the big mystery. That's where the training, the experience, and the talent come in. It is and it isn't. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. Um... So like, I feel I could have been so great had I stuck to with it and learned, but I never did. The, so every artist is going to be different in how they deal with reference. And I'm not saying I don't use reference. I do. What I'm trying to say though, is that I've drawn certain things so many times that I don't necessarily need to, to see the actual thing that I'm it's drawing, practice, right? but it's, it's having, you know, like it's, it's, it's knowing, uh, the form you know, like, again, it comes back to shapes. It's knowing how to, to you know, create the generalized shapes of the human form right. to be able to figure out how it can be in all different positions. So that's art. that's right. one part of it. So that's it's having that kind of visual library in your head. Right. It's having a, a visual library. I went to Kenya. Well, now I know, like, I've, I've been able to draw. The, so part of the exercise of me drawing all those lions and all those animals is learning how they move. And the shapes, what light does to them and what they look like in their environment. And by doing that and drawing it, it helps me understand it better so that right. I can, 
you know, I'm, I, I can probably recreate a line from, from memory. Um, but then like, if I needed to like draw a lion doing something, uh, you know, like, uh, like in a certain way, the light coming on it in a certain way, I might need reference for it because I don't have like a photographic memory. There's some artists that probably do. Um, but a lot of artists do use reference. I, my thing about reference though, this is my rule for reference is I want to first, what I do is I, I, take what I can from my imagination. So I'm trying to draw from my imagination as much as possible. And if it looks like a seven-year-old drew it, that's fine. Right. And then if I need to work, if I'm like going, okay, now I got the essence of what it is. Now from here, I'm going to maybe use a reference so I make sure I'm getting it correctly. But that being said, as I've done this more and more, um, I can usually, like I just drew, drew, I had this, um, I've been on this like huge Sandman kick like I loved the right. show, yeah, and yeah. I've been drawing a bunch. As been, we all are, and yeah. I've been drawing yeah. like like just I draw daily. I call my daily illustrations, and I and I don't necessarily like always post what I do, and I don't always finish what I do. Um, but I've been drawing Sandman for like the last month and a half, and and I had this the last image I had in my head was of of death and dream at the bench, but not necessarily them sitting at the bench the way they were in the show, but like I just had this really intro this image of her kind of like sitting on one of the arms and he's like kind of leaning over and I and at first the image was kind of blurry but the more I thought about it and the more I kind of was like well wait what is he doing exactly is he leaning over so you keep working it out so I'm working it over in my head Ah, and then I just drew it and I I got it pretty close the first time and then um and then I was like there's something off with it I I left went to the bathroom thought about well i know i'm leaning on my like toilet going oh wait a second i want him leaning over more and so i went back okay. and i redrew i redrew him leaning over more and then so now i it looks really good that's the thing there's something about it that i just love but i i also i'm like okay i just want to make sure i've gotten like the poses correct so i have a program that po- you can like pose figures. Okay, it's a reference tool you use. Sure, it gives me like it gives me an idea of where lighting, Sounds how lighting handy. works. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's it's good for especially. It's more lighting for me. Like I, I do look at the make sure if there's like a pose that I'm not familiar with. Like I'll I'll try to draw it from my imagination first, and then I will uh, if it, I'm like going okay, I'm not quite getting it right. I'll I'll set it up in this in this uh, uh, app. Um, but anyway, I just, I'll use it just to get, make sure to see where the light is and all that kind of stuff. Cause I suck when it comes to like light <laughs> and shadow there. It's really tough because, um, I, I, I think that a, an artist, as I said, you, you manipulate the viewer. So when it comes to lighting, as long as it looks good, as long as it looks plausible, cause I'll look at like some well-known comic book artists and I'll look at the way they light something and go, well, how is it? This lighting is coming here. And then it's completely changed in the next panel, right, but it's right. the same scene. Dude, I've never once in my entire life looked at a picture and went, oh, that lighting's wrong. That's well, what I'm saying. If it looks good, if, you know, you manipulate yeah. it. You know, like, yeah. you know, you can – and lighting itself is very complicated because if it's – if most things aren't a single light source, right? right. You have bounced light. Absolutely. Rim, you know, the, the yeah. rim light and, and For the, sure. the natural and all that kind of stuff. So – Lighting is for me, it's complicated. So I'm just always like, you know, I, I, I'm a little insecure when it comes to lighting, to be honest. This book, Checkmate Blues, kind of really opened me up, though, when it came to lighting. I, for some reason, I was able to really see 
delight in this in a really strong way that I don't necessarily always do. Um, and I think part of it was um, some of the direction I got from Rob. I think right, part of right. it was just, I don't know, like I just really made an attempt to, to go and think about it as much as I could before I got to the finished illustration. Because sometimes I think by the time I get to the finished illustration, um, I haven't always considered the lighting as much as I should. And I go, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, you I definitely here? did here, man. I, I have a yeah, feeling thanks. that knowing Rob, you know, the little that I do, uh, I have a feeling is incredibly appreciative of having been able to hook up with you for this project. Because this book, you've obviously put something a little extra into uh, the effort of wanting to try something different. You know what I mean? Which is I love. I love how yeah. much you love like just learning about yeah. this. You know, part of your favorite, like one of the favorite things to you, it seems, about art is learning art. Oh, and yeah. Learning to get better at the art. Yeah. And, like not just doing the art, but learning about the art, which is, you know, it's cool. It's something unique. I, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that and I'm not. I think that um, I, I mean, I can't really say this for other artists, but I feel that I'm not like um big enough that if I, I can play around with my art style so that people aren't going to go, well, that's not the way that that's not the stuff I love the way you draw. Like right, I, you right. did this book and that's the way I love how you draw it. And I wonder if some artists kind of feel like uh, if they were grow, though, you know, oh, no, I, I, I could be wrong about that. I don't you know. know I, will, but, I look at Jay Fosgett's art. Yeah. Now. And even, you know, you know, as long as he's been a professional and top tier of what he's been doing, even in the last like eight months, I can see things that he's improved on because he's tried. Mm -hmm. I can see differences to his art that he got more detailed about because it was just something in particular like you that interested him. He's like, oh, yeah. this aspect of this I'm really into lately, so I'm going to do more of it. And, you know, it just it just adds to the old repertoire. It's something we have in uh, a border culture is we have something called a mental toolbox. So every day I go to work and I've got to deconstruct a tree. Mm -hmm. And... You know, I need as many tricks as I possibly can because trees are an organic thing. Yeah. It's just like art in the way that trees are very organic. They're going to yeah. grow for the light. They're going to grow in the most advantageous way for them to grow. Yeah. And because of that, it's very unpredictable in which ways because of their uh, relationship with the environment, whether it be a house hmm. or whatever – that these things can be taken apart. And you're using ropes and pulleys just like the Egyptians did. Right. So the more little tricks of, you know, angles and cuts and, and knots really cool. yeah. that you can have in that toolbox, the easier your job's going to be. Because, you know, whatever situation I'm in, I can reach into that mental toolbox and be like, okay, I used these particular tools to make this action happen at this time. Which is exactly the same as art. I'm using these particular tools to make this or that reaction at this time. Right? Are you, and are you still learning from every from day? Doing the tree? Yeah, I've been doing this for almost 22 years, and I'm still learning all the time. I learn new yeah. shit. Like it's a constantly evolving, you know, craft because of the fact that it's organic. Anything that involves something organic, whether mm. it be art or manipulation of the land, you know. I, I find it all to be very, very, you know, in, intertwined in that way. Yeah. Well, that, that when yeah. you, you've, you've cut our uh, trees <laughs> in our backyard yeah. and front yard. And that was one of the things I was like, 
he's really like like I, I the term tree hugger kind of comes to mind like you just <laughs> you really love trees like you're you can tell like you're not just like this isn't just a job for you you're like okay you see how the way this tree is <laughs> it wants this and you know like if we were to cut this limb it's just going to thank you so much because it's going to be able to grow in this way and 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 this and you just you're like oh this kind of tree is blah 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 like you really were i was like whoa you like know, there's grown, a lot there's a lot up, more to I it than i thought it, you know, around trees and like in Muskoka a lot. So I've always loved trees, but I never had an appreciation about them until I learned about them as per mm. it being a craft. So yeah, for me, it's actually art, yeah. more that I loved my craft than I do the trees themselves. Mm. You know what I mean? Like trees really sometimes are a dime a dozen. Like, okay. you know, I'm not a tree hugger in the way that like don't remove trees. I right, kill, right, I kill right. fucking. No, I know. I, I I'll kill a stupid tree anytime. Like I'm as much of an ant slayer as I am a fucking M protector, but yeah, it's all a craft, right? It's yeah, all, yeah, it's yeah. all, it's your skill and it's what you do. And the more, you know, varied ways you have of looking at it and going about it, the more fun and interesting it's going to keep, it's going to stay for you, right? Well, I guess my point I was trying to make about how you love the trees is you could have very easily been like, okay, you just, cut yeah. this and you're done. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you're like, listen, you want to make, you want this thing to thrive and grow and th there's a way to do this so that, because our, you know, like, whatever it is you're doing, you got to care about what you're doing. Right. You're but, put but effort also, into it. Even if you don't love it, you need to care about the fact that that's your action. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, what your, sure. your mission is right now, right? Yeah. Like, but not everybody embraces No, they it don't way. at all. You know, there's people not. that no. it's a paycheck and, and even yeah. artists, like there's artists that, you know, commercial artists, For that sure. they're, they're, they're doing it for the paycheck and for sure you know and i i again i can't speak for what how other artists how they grow i think my thing though is that i feel like i'm all over the place when it comes to like i want i don't want to say style but when it comes to like the way some so what you asked earlier like how i approach each book and it usually tells me what it needs to be and i find that um i i don't draw things the same way from book to book although i think people probably recognize the way i draw but i just feel like i'm i try and be challenged with each project i'm on so that i right. feel like i'm growing and so i don't necessarily feel like i have to stay with the same thing unless it's yeah. as i said unless it's a series that's different this feels like a step up Thanks. I don't. Well, maybe not a step up, but a it's step just, out. It's a different. It's just a yeah, different. Yeah, step out. Because it's, it, it's different. It's it's full. It's something I love. I think it's beautiful. Let's thank you. do. I let's do the it. typical part of this. Yeah. Sure. Um. You know, pitch it a bit. Tell us what it's about. Where it's going to be available. All that good stuff. Yeah. So, um, it's uh, well, I said originally. It, so Rob and I uh, decided to work on this story. Um, he had originally wanted to put it for Toronto comics, but because, um, I, I think it was rejected or something. Um, he had it in the back burner. And so when we were talking about doing a project, he had mentioned this one. I'm like, yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, but initially the way he had it laid out, I was like, this is really like, I don't really like these characters at all. Like they're just really negative or there's something about them that just, I don't care if they, you didn't die. like them. Yeah. The initial and the initial way he, the, the way it had been written initially, I was right. reading it, the script and I'm like, um, and he's told this, this way too. So I'm not, I'm not saying anything that he hasn't said, which is, I'm just like, 
they're, they're just the characters themselves are just not likable. So I don't care if they die. Like I don't. Right. There's no. You know. I want to. I want to care about these characters to a degree. I want them to. As a. I'm drawing them. I want to like. You know. They don't have to be perfect, but there's got to be some redeeming qualities about them, uh, for me to kind of get into their heads and stuff. And so. Um, and that is like the invoke thing now is there's no good guys or bad guys. Everybody's kind right. Of, everybody's an anti. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I, but that is, there's something to that. I just want to be able to get into these characters anyway. So, um, I, he and I kind of hashed out the script organically. We would talk through things and we got to a really good story that, um, I, I thought would work real well, a 12 page story. And then, um, it basically, uh, we were like, okay, so what I want to draw is, I uh, like the idea that it's about these like gangster type guys. Uh, I want to draw something like in the forties or fifties. Right. I think I had just been watching. Give us the pitch. What is the damn thing about? Oh, so I'm leaning up to it. Uh, <laughs> so checkmate blues. It's about, uh, K and, um, Oh crap. Now I'm, I'm blanking on his, <laughs> you put me on the spot here. Um, it's understandable. Yeah, you yeah, do yeah. A lot of So work. it's Kay Midland and, and Ar- Arnie Pinto. Sorry, I was blanking on, on Arnie's last name, Arnie's name and last name. Uh, so um, so Kay and Arnie find themselves uh, at this chessboard and they're like, how did we get here? And basically the story of, of who they are unfolds in front of this chessboard. So we, we get that story of who they are and how they how they knew each other. And eventually, you know, uh, we, we solve that mystery by the end of it. Oh, okay. Um, and, you know, these guys aren't the best guys and they're, they're uh, fighting over a woman and, um, you know, there's murder and mayhem and all that kind of stuff. But um, it takes place in, in a fictitious Toronto. And, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, cool. And uh, so there is a bit of that connection. And, yeah, it's just... You know, the, there's um, the the whole idea of the the chessboard uh, is uh, patterned throughout the story, so you have to right, look for right. that. Um, That's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I love the cover. I love everything about it. I love the name. I love the title. It's so up my alley. But I'm all yeah. about that kind of shit, right? Yeah. I probably didn't do a very good pitching it. I think Rob Rob's gotten a bit better than I did. We're gonna get Rob on here. Rob, we'll get Rob, Rob on here to pitch it. Go nuts about his little baby here. Yeah, that I'm sure he is tremendously proud to have you have drawn for him. Yeah, um, I know that Rob appreciates that for sure. Well, we, you know what? I mean, listen, his his script was like it was great. Like it was the script that he he had. Um, brought me was there was nothing wrong with it it just wasn't something i wanted to draw so i wanted i wanted to have a bit more ownership over it and right. that's why we talked something through um to come up with checkmate blues and i mean it was great collaborating with him and i love i just love the script like it's just the the um i just love how the the characters speak and um you know like he just he just had he got it right away right, and i and right. so yeah, like for for sure, um, you know, uh, Rob Rob is a really good writer, and that, and that made it much easier for me to to well, work on. Well, it's always it. nice when something can get completed. He's put out a lot of ash cans, and uh, you know, I've got a lot of stuff from Rob in that way. And uh, you know, this is this is cool. I feel like this is I'm really excited for him for this. 
Yeah, this, it really this, feels like his voice in a way, you know. So it's a, it's a special book. I I would yeah. I mean I'm proud of everything I do, but for sure there's things about this the story that um, it's just it cool. Just, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a cool story. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So what's the plan then? Like, um, well, we just did a kickstart. It. What's happening? It's already printed. It's already I mean, printed. It's already like, printed. We we did a so. Um, we're going to, we were just at the sidekick. Uh, I think uh, Rob's talking to some other local comic shops in Toronto to I saw him signing. mention that somebody's going to carry it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, he said his local cafe, I think. Is yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, he, uh, uh, yeah, so we're, we're just going to do like a, like a local book tour. But, I mean, who knows? Like, you know, I mean, hopefully people discover it and really like it and um, they'll, they'll, uh, uh, tell friends and and they'll yeah. pick it up. Well, and, it's great you know. too because it's a one shot, right? <laughs> so we're talking about. Uh, so if this is just well speculative. This is yeah. speculative. So uh, our, our mutual friend Shay was yeah. at the sidekick, and he and I were talking um, about. He 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 was he was funny because like he was very uh, effusive about this this book too, and I I sat down with him. Uh, I guess he had just finished reading it. And before we even, I hadn't seen him like for a few years, so I didn't really get right. a chance to like talk about anything other than Shady like, he, yeah, he just, he just got, he's like, dude, have you ever thought about how you can make this like a continuing story? <laughs> and I was just like, no, like we just, it, like we were, it was a one shot and he, you know, like, I don't want to give anything away, but he was just like, well, there could be some way to make this, you know, with the characters and, and I'm just going, well, it's not a bad idea. And then, and then, um, before I could even tell Rob, uh, we did a Q and A for the story, and Shay goes, "What about continuing it?" Right? <laughs> and Rob's like, uh, "I don't know. I hadn't thought about it, so it kind of took him by surprise." I don't think there's enough one shots out there. I think more one shots we have, the more ideas we have, they get out there, and it's yeah. okay to continue them on. I shouldn't say you shouldn't, but like, it's all right for something to just be itself once in a while too. Yeah, like he was kind of. I think Rob would be fine if we were just if we were to collaborate on something else. It was completely different. I think right. he'd be okay with that. Right. I, you know, I mean, but there is. I, I think to me, I, I I do like something. I think about like like uh, how I can sell this um, and how we can keep on selling it. And you go, well, what if we were to do a couple more stories and we were to put it together into a book and do a Kickstarter to get the printing? That could that. be cool. You know, like yeah. that. That's kind of where yeah. I go with that kind of stuff in my head. But you know, if it's if, listen, if this is what it is. Uh, by itself, it's something I'm very proud of, and I'm, I'm very happy to have been able to collaborate with Rob on this. And um, you know, I mean, what are we gonna go with? Ivan Chuck, Ivan Chuck, Ivan Chuck, Ivaniak, 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 Ivaniak. Robert Ivaniak. Hey, Robert. I know. Yeah. Um, this book is beautiful. Where Thank are people you. gonna be able to get it for now? Just uh, you're From gonna try to shop it around for now. Get it in. Rob. The- <laughs> We're just going to, I plan on, um, I, I'm going to do a bunch of book signings for, I have so many other projects coming out. Um, yeah, you're a busy man these days, man. I do have like uh, like two more books that I'm going to be Isn't there more Saltwater coming to Saltwater number four I'm going to be doing. It hasn't officially been announced, but I could probably say uh, I'm going to do a, a book signing for Nerdcore, uh, oh, their new location yeah, in Hamilton. Ottawa, uh, Upper no, Ham- Ottawa. No, Hamilton. No, Upper Ottawa Street, though. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no you're like, man. Ottawa? No, they're not. I mean, they were just... Yeah, and then um, um, I can probably say this. Uh, so, Mark 
Bertolini and I are oh, yes, doing you can, Strange Case. Mark talked about it. Right, but yeah. this is new information. I can say this on air because okay. I just got confirmation. So we both got into Mississauga Comic Expo, whatever that nice. CX. Yeah. And we're having we're tabling together. Woo! And we're gonna launch Strange Case. When is there. that happening? When That's that the sixteenth of October. It's a Sunday. October's gonna be a busy fucking yeah. month, man. Yeah. Just announced today, kids. I don't wanna tell y'all. I shouldn't tell you no, all. No, I, I could. It's I, been, has it been announced uh, on? It's been announced, but I don't want the competition. Like, because I want to get a ticket. So I don't want everyone to well, know. Well, then don't so tell anybody about it. Not, tell them, oh, I can't. Oh, you can say the word. You can say the name. Kevin Smith's coming to Gotham, kids. Yeah. That's right. October 12th. Uh, Kevin Smith is going to be hanging out with his new letterer, our good friend Andrew Thomas. Yeah, and yeah. their new book, Masquerade, coming out from Secret Stash Press, will be released on that Wednesday. Um, I believe that Kevin's also here for maybe the Clerks 3 premiere in Toronto on that day. I'm not sure 100%. But I don't know how to get tickets yet. It's super limited and super duper uh, short ticketed. So I don't know what's going to happen, but you should all stay the fuck away. I probably so, shouldn't have so told So just you. like release but this the way. day after. Right? Yeah. <laughs> October 13th. No, I'm trying to release things promptly these days. I'm trying to get on a roll, well, especially yeah. now. It would be helpful uh, for sure because uh, for Checkmate Blues, I'll, I'm, I'm hoping sometime mid-October or early November, we're going to have another – Rob and I will do another book signing together. But I will have checkmate. But I will get a tour going around. Yeah, I am. Uh, So I will have checkmate blues on uh, anywhere I go for comic book signing. Yeah, and I'll leave some at the stores, and you know, uh, I'm sure Carlos will throw a few on his table. Yeah, right, Carlos. Throw a few on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking do it up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Um, I'm sure. Uh, Carlos is a uh, good people. I know a particular publisher that loves one shots too. So you know, maybe we'll <laughs> have the one to that see you're, that you're one particular that I, I may or may not have involvement with. You never know. Let's see. I'd be open to it. What else you got going on though? We just talked about Saltwater. Is there any more Donnybrook coming? Uh, yeah. From you so, and Greasy Dom. Yeah. So Saltwater issue four is officially out. Uh, as I said, I'll be at Nerdcore with that. Um, Donnybrook number three. Um, You'll have to ask Dom if he has gotten the third issue yet. I know it went to the printer a couple months ago. Oh, it's done, eh? It's done. I I finished that this earlier this year. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Issue number three is is done. Um, I've got the Strange Case. It's I guess we're calling it. It's an ash can. I've got that coming out uh, some mid-October. And now I'm currently working on two projects uh, that I can talk about because uh, they're pretty much, you know, at, at the stage where I can start showing stuff for it. So the first project called My Life on the Swing, and it's another book I'm doing with my mom. Okay. Except it has nothing to do with like – it's not a kid's book in any way. It's like Ooh. a first adult kind of – it's a it's a semi-autobiographical story about when my mom uh, was a kid – uh, in the summers in Catskill, uh, in the bungalow colonies. No way. And off, dirty dancing. Yes. Your mom grew up dirty yes. dancing. Yes. Well, and we're Fuck talking off. about we're yeah. talking about the Jewish culture. So there was called the Borscht Belt. We have a bunch of these Jewish families buying or building bungalows in in these areas up upstate, and uh, we're writing a story about like a, a bungalow colony uh, where this this young uh, teenage girl Leslie. Um, she's trying to solve a mystery with the, where, where her friend, um, gets in trouble and she's 
trying to help her out and some mystery about, you know, uh, um, well, it's, it's a story about friendship and racism and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I don't want to say too much about it yet, but that sounds cool. It's, it's going to be, and it's really cool because mama branching out. eh? She and I, yeah. So she and I have been working on the script for a bit over a year. We're almost uh, at the editing stage. Um, and then once it's finished, edited um we're going to i'm going to start working on the art what's cool about it is it's like a it's like a prose graphic novella okay so um we've we've been writing the prose um and then i'm going to do these uh in the middle of that prose there's going to be sequential uh, visuals it's like comic book pages okay um and it's done in a really cool way so i think it's going to like it's it's going to be something that the audience is going to really dig the way we're doing it um it's going to have like spot illustrations as well, but it's, it's probably, um, I don't know what else you would call it. A graphic novella prose book. I don't know what you would call it. Yeah, There's not a lot of them out there, yeah, but it's, it's different. Yeah. It, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I think it, I'm going to be drawing, uh, uh, like world war two France. Uh, I'm going to cool. draw, yeah. uh, like, uh, uh, so what else am I drawing? Like uh, eighteen, the eighteen fifties, a slavery plantation. I'm going to be drawing. That's um, fun, man. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So there's a lot of things that I'm going to draw on this that I've never drawn before, and I think I'm going to be able to do it in a way that that really lends to the to the uh, history and and the social commentary. Uh, so that's exciting cool. for me. Probably something bit different than what I've drawn before. Yeah. Uh, then the other thing I'm working on, I'm actually working on the thumbnails right now. Uh, Mitch Cook and I, who, who do saltwater, uh, and we had a, earlier this year, we did a story, it's like a Looney Tunes style story called Bingo Invades the Zoo. Uh, well, now we're doing this, uh, it's a new world we've created called The Dwell. Uh, Mitch uh, wanted to do something, it's like kind of like a bone anthropomorphic type okay. of story with characters that are animals and they're dressed, you know, like people and stuff. Uh, but the first one we're doing is called Sasquatch, a, a refugee story. So it, it's a, again, social commentary on what we're going through now and what, what the States is going through. Right, right, um, right. It's kind of very timely. So that will be coming out um, sometime next year. Uh, but um, yeah, so far I'm, I'm pretty excited with how Shit, man. it's coming Way to out. Keep busy, man. Yeah, yeah, and then and then you know, like down the line, uh, Strange Case is going to be a graphic novel. The the Ash Can is just the beginning, um, and um, there's some other things coming out that I I, I don't want to say yet until they're officially, you know, published. Right. But uh, yeah, hopefully I'll have a bunch of stuff coming out next year. Dude, you got a full table these days. Yep, that's fun. It is. Everybody, if you go to a table and you see Keith, uh, his table's going to be quite and getting quite full. With I don't know what to do with – I honestly don't know what to do with most of this. I, I have to like figure out what to do with really? I know you've been setting books. your thing up to the point where you can barely see over top. So you're going to have to come up with something different. I Yeah, right? I guess. You can't just be sure. hiding your cute fuzzy little face, right? <laughs> uh, Keith Grachow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's all about the right emphasis, kids. Uh, thanks for coming over and hanging out. It's been a blast. Yeah, I, I just have to say, like I was saying earlier, your place is awesome. Thanks, it's like, man. I appreciate it's, yeah, it. Yeah, from the outside, you're, you're like 
you, you said it. Pure TARDIS action. You're, you're like, yeah. where are It looks are, like a place that people you? would not live. Where are you? Yeah, and it's then, a very industrialized, complex-looking place. But... And then you come in here, and it is so homey. Right? And yeah. It's really cute. It really... It's nice and warm. Yeah, yeah. You Lightsabers know, everywhere. Yeah, it's I all the good stuff, you it, know? It is, it is for sure um, a really comfortable place. Well, I appreciate you coming to visit it. Yeah, and uh, kids, again, uh, keep up on stuff and everything you just heard. And uh, Keith and Robert's book will be out and about. Uh, pay attention online uh, for their signings. And uh, congratulations on all the good times, my friend. Thank you. All right. It's that's all we're going to have. Thanks a lot. This week on An Elegant Weapon, kids. We'll see you next week. Everybody, take it easy.